This is Nez Hoover here with Bars Loaded. Today's episode, we will give you pizza and PRs with Mr. and Mrs. NFP, along with myself. Um, this was recorded previously. Um, to me, being out for a couple weeks because of a newborn baby boy, Emmett came into this world January 10th. So I've been excited, but super busy with that. Um, this was recorded a couple weeks ago, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And as, as always, please uh, go to iTunes and subscribe to Bars Loaded Podcast. Give us that five-star rating. It would be much appreciated. Today's episode, Pizza and PRs. This thing's recorded. Mic check, one, two, one, two. All right. Uh, what was I going to say? Bars PR loaded. talk. PR talk. Fine. We need Bars an intro. Sorry, we can record the intro later. Okay. Just, just get it on the roll. PR okay. talk with pizza. Nez Hoover. Pizza and PRs. Pizza and PRs. Game changer. Game changer. Here is the Strength Systems in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Bars loaded. Episode 4. Pizza and I guess pizza and PRs. That's, that's what definitely what we're going with. Pizza and PRs. Since you guys didn't get any pizza up in New York, we got some Giovanni's. Back Look. in the boo. Local New York pizza spot here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Some, uh, we got we, Nez Hoover here, Mrs. NFP, Mr. NFP. By the way, I like that little Mr. and Mrs. NFP threw up on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. If anyone hasn't seen it, minute. get on Ash underscore cakes on Instagram. Check out her latest post. Pretty legit. So what are your thoughts on pizza and PRs? Um, pizza is the shit. What's your PR pizza eating? Mm. Oh, large. Easy. Solo mission large. Yeah. Solo mission. Solo mission Giovanni's large or solo mission Saggio's large? I don't really like Saggio's, so what I don't know. Amadeo's? Oh. I don't really like Amadeo's either. That's pretty good, though. See, I like Amadeo's. I like Giovanni's. And, like... Saggio's is like the Those are only my, one, only thick pizza in town that I Those like. are like my three go-tos, either Giovanni's, Saggio's, or Amadeo's. Can't go wrong with any of them. But now that we got that pizza talk out of the way, we'll, uh, we're going to discuss a little bit today about PRs in the gym. Are they worth it? Uh, are people spending too much time, you know, going after them? And I think that uh, in the gym, I mean, PRs are great. You know, you always want to hit PRs and conjugate and stuff. Like, we're always hitting PRs um, each week. But I think if you're chasing a PR and it's taking away from your overall training, then, I think it's a problem. Yeah, I think it's a problem, too. Like, but, you know, if someone... Wants to PR that squaw, and they're doing everything to PR that squaw. You know, it's gonna probably take away from the bench a little bit. You know, take away from the because bench. they're trying to get there too fast instead of trusting the process. I think the biggest problem too is that I guess that goes back to you know different training methodologies and stuff like that. But people don't trust the process, Robbie. Yeah. Robbie killed it last meet on the 5-3-1 and stuck to the plan, just like we talked about. 
And, you know, he went nine for nine and hit all three PRs and a total PR. Yeah, uh, that that's just goes to show you that there's a lot of different things that work. And the biggest thing that'll work for everyone, no matter what program you follow, who's programming, what method you use, biggest thing is to trust in whatever you're going to do. Don't be one of these people that, oh, I'm going to do this eight weeks of this, and then the next eight weeks is that going from conjugate to <coughs> five three one to i mean you just can't be bouncing back and forth between all these different methods well, i think like eagle pr is everything too you know yeah yeah i think i think prs in the gym are really good too because i think it kind of helps keep you motivated but like you said it kind of goes back to if that's the only thing you're working for then like what what, what are you getting out of it really yeah or like if you're a great you're great at great deadlift. You're a great, a great deadlifter, deadlifter, and all you ever want to do is deadlift. I mean, well, yeah, it's great yeah. to chase that PR. But at the same time, when we're talking perspective of a competitive athlete, now if you're just in the gym and you want a big deadlift, by all whatever. means, do what yeah. you gotta do. By all means, do you think that <clears throat> that thought though kind of changes between sports, like from I guess from powerlifting to CrossFit? Uh, I think so, because I think between the two, obviously, in powerlifting, the ultimate goal is you just got want to move as much weight as humanly possible at whatever weight class you uh, choose to yeah. compete at. On the other hand, I think it's very beneficial for a CrossFitter to get stronger, but you can't have it take away from your overall performance because... There's so many different aspects that go into CrossFit. Well, there's the point of diminishing return. Exactly. You don't want to give up, oh, yeah, I added 85 pounds on my squat when all of a sudden your mile time goes down by four minutes. Like, I mean, what's the benefit of that? Yeah, you could lift so much more weight, but they throw a 400-meter run in a squat workout, you're going to be worthless. Yeah. Well, I think, too, yeah. like, and then uh, <coughs> since there is a lot of, like, Olympic lifting, you have to worry more about, like, your skills and your technique rather than, you know, oh, I'm just going to uh, go in PR every single day. And yes. you have to really break it down and start working, like, you know. Well, you look at do a lot. different percentages, and it's a little bit different than just yeah. Well, you don't have to get in and CrossFit. You don't have to be a great Olympic lifter. You don't have to be a great power lifter, but you got to be able to have a full toolbox of skills. You have to be good at everything. Yeah, you have to have. It's not just well rounded. And then I think too, you could kind of PRs not only as far as lifting, but I think especially in CrossFit too, a PR would go would go into like you know double unders and yeah, yeah. PR, you know PR or your, or you know your, stuff uh, like that or your fran time or exactly yeah you know, isabel like different stuff like that with but at the same time if you only chase that one time or that one workout it's gonna take away from everything else yeah yeah if if you're one of those people that are constantly trying to retest within I don't know, let's just say 90 days, all these 
the same workouts, well, yeah, you're going to get better at those workouts, but I guarantee you it's not always going to carry over to other workouts or other max efforts or other, like, rep maxes and stuff like that. Like, if you're constantly just focusing on a couple certain things, your your mindset is so narrow and your vision is so narrow that you're missing the big picture and everything else that goes into like CrossFit is going to diminish just for the simple fact of you're not doing it. <coughs> I have someone doing thrusters and pull-ups all day and they never do handstand walking. What? Well, their handstand walking is probably good. Probably going to suck. Probably going to well, suck. I feel like most CrossFitters you know, have two or three strengths and like two or three weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I, I think agree. that's where the, the programming comes crucial and or excuse me in CrossFit because you have to be able to gain ground with your strengths but still bringing up your weaknesses. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's it's finding that balance of making sure you're not totally neglecting all your strengths <clears throat> but not only focusing on your weaknesses. Because you don't want to be get to the point where all you do is focus on your weaknesses, and then something that your advantage your becomes, advantage going into a certain average. workout just becomes yeah average, just like everyone else. Where it's like, oh shoot, that was that was my fallback plan. Yeah. Was all right. Worst case scenario, hang with them on a run. Hang with them on a because you know on you a skill. Because on. if yeah. there's a heavy deadlift for reps, I know I'm gonna blow them away on that point. Where someone has to break it up, I know I'll go unbroken. I think, too, that's why you have to... And, like, elite CrossFitters, like, that make it to the games or even, like, competitive CrossFitters, that's why they have to train multiple times a day because there's just so much you have to get in and to be good at. Yeah. Uh, and you just I constantly think... have to be working. And it's not just one or two days a week. It's You have to do it multiple times a week. Yeah, and I, I think with... Well, it's hard to train for four hours a day every yeah. day. So, I mean, that's why I think multiple sessions comes in because it you can have a lot better productivity if I have 90 minutes of going at it in the morning, recover, make sure you get your proper nutrition, and then go another... 60 to 90 minutes in the afternoon. Does pizza count as proper nutrition? Of course. Pizza <laughs> helps with PRs. Well, th- this was, this pizza session was one year session for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every now and then you have to have a max effort pizza, pizza eating session. So whereas last time I only ate half the pizza, this time I went for three quarters. That's a PR. It's a PR. Pizza PR. Sometimes you have to get pretty creative with your PRs in order to help keep you, like you keep said earlier. Keep the gains coming. Keep the gains coming I and think keep you motivated. Going back to like powerlifting, though, is I see it sometimes with people doing conjugate. Is and that's kind of the point. You want to find the three, four different exercises that carry that over carry to over you. best. But at the same time, there are a lot of times they're biased towards the workout. 
so they can pick the three or four that they, they like. like instead of not the ones necessarily that they suck the, at. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily the, or not even so much suck, but like just, the three just, or four that are gonna carry over the best. Yeah. Because I can suck at a, a workout, but if it doesn't have much carryover, then who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to do it anyways. But like a lot of times I see people and I mean I do it sometimes too, like I'll do one that I like as opposed to probably doing one that is probably more beneficial. Like I I see a lot of different variations of like for instance, like I I love deadlifting and me personally. And I see other people that like enjoy deadlifting so a lot of their variations cater a little more to their deadlift rather than their squat. Whereas if they would pick up their squat, which is a couple hundred pounds under their deadlift, it's going to have carryover to their deadlift. Well, oh, go ahead. Do you think that, this is kind of like totally off, but do you think that people that have like, a super high deadlift and a really low squat or vice versa, do you think that has anything to do with, like, their focus on their training as far as, like, I think partially you know I mean? training and then partially uh, what they're kind of built for, too. Because my deadlift and squat have always kind of been, like, right there with each other. But, like, you, your your deadlift always way kills your squat. And I, but I think though too, if you only do a lot of deadlift variations, that your squats can struggle. But if you do a lot of squat variations, your deadlift's not gonna struggle as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think a lot of like the squat variations, like they incorporate mostly like the top half of the lift, but it's gonna make your back strong, it's gonna make your ass strong, you know. But a lot of deadlifts, you're not gonna get that leg drive a lot of times in a lot of the. Yeah, yeah you're not going to get to feel that weight on top of you the way you do in a squat. Well, like yesterday, so I squatted 520, and it, it moved pretty good, but it felt heavy as shit on my back because I haven't had that on my back yeah. in like so long. So, I forgot what it feels like. Yeah, you, that's I forgot. That's huge. And you can't replicate that with a deadlift. No. Now, because all that work I did yesterday, that that's going to have some carryover to my deadlift. Yeah, I, I think biggest thing with that is with a squat, regard, you unrack it and say it's weight that you may fail on, you unrack it you and still you still have it. to fill every pound of it as you yeah. unrack it. Even if you unrack it and say, hell no, and you put it back, yeah, you're still with filled. a deadlift, you could get in there, get set up like perfect and all of a sudden start pulling. You don't, but if the bar or the weight, excuse me, if the weights never leave the ground, you never really feel the weight. Yeah. So it's just like pull, pull, nothing's happening. I let go. And I feel like I, I wasn't squatting a whole lot and I was deadlifting more or deadlift variation. And I feel <clears> like <throat> my legs lacked, like yeah. the strength in my legs. And so that's why I've been doing a little bit more of like leg press and leg extensions, just just a little just bit to of bodybuilding yeah, stuff. Just a little more to get accessory work. Redevelop little, yeah. your legs. Because I've, I've never had a problem where my legs felt weak. And not that they were weak, but like... Just not where they used to be. Yeah. You also haven't been training like you used to, No, I know, too. but a lot of the variations yeah. I was doing were deadlifts. <clears throat> deadlift variations. Because the thing about the deadlift lock. is it's in your hands, 
And if you're not feeling it, you just let go. But the squat, like you said, you can't just as dump soon it. as you take it off, you're feeling every piece of that freaking weight. Like, so the time you're feeling, the time under tension is a lot longer with a squat than a deadlift. And I, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've t- unracked a squat and didn't try to give it a ride. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? There's been yeah. times. Even like, if you knew you're going to get yeah, buried, even, you're like, I'm yeah. going to go down getting buried in this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if they're going down, like, I'm, I'm going to get down. buried, but I'm going to fucking. <laughs> Try. I'm going to give him my all. Even though my all, I already know I hit the bottom of that squat. Because even like on the, de- take it, on the but... deadlift, like you, you give it all, you're all, and it just, it's a little glued or it comes. Yeah. You, you could sit there pulling on it and turn red as those red uh, calibrated plates back there and if it doesn't move it's not going to move at all so but, I, I feel like yeah. this, that's why the squat has a lot more carryover towards the deadlift than the deadlift has towards the squat because you don't have you're missing a lot of that leg strength yeah you know? I just always wondered that because I feel like in competitions I'm always the one that has like my squat and my deadlift right now are exactly the same and that's how I am. And, and I look at everyone else, and their deadlifts are like, blow their squat out of the water. And I'm like, what, I just, I don't understand, like... But what do their bodies look like, too? They're a little bit longer, like, me and you are the shorter limbs, different stuff like that. So just the build, too, so, yeah, so plays the, into yeah, it. Build, Maybe Jordan's not necessarily just the... Just the biomechanics the, of it. I think, jo- like, Jordan's a lot longer, you know, and he'll out-pull me any day, but I can out-squat him. Yeah. But I'm also built more for the squat and the bench than the deadlift although i've always had like a pretty competitive deadlift yeah uh, yeah it's never been like your deadlift hurt you yeah at any my point. deadlifts never like hurt me in my toe if anything it was the bench um except but lately my bench has been feeling really good uh working on my nez hoover eight week bench Session. program so keep an eye out for that <laughs> But uh, been trying some experimenting with a couple different things, and it's gone way up because I I wasn't really benching heavy for a long time either, and now I'm benching the most that my you bench in probably four or five years. Yeah, about four years probably. Yeah, and even and that I, was like taking like a year or two off. Yeah, so that's good. Well, like because what did I hit the other day? I hit three seventy the other day. On the bench. Yeah. I was here. And then I hit 390 with the shoulder saver, close grip. And... That's pretty good. And I took took 405 for a ride. Um, But my bench was never... That strong? No. That solid. Like, that solid all the time. Yeah. There's been times where I've touched, like, 360, 375 raw. But... Not as consistent as you are now. Like now, pretty much in, I mean, at least every time, like, I've helped you, like, spot you or whatever during a bench session, like, consistently. But your bench is probably the strongest it's ever been, though, too, right? Mm, Yes. No, because when I, like, right before I got into the academy, well, when I was, when I competed in El Paso, I was going to go for 200, but then remember I jacked up my shoulder um, well, so like the week you're, you're before, right there, yeah. So, so now right I'm kind of getting back to where I was, cause um, 
Yeah, because you I, hit two hundred. And especially to last year, I didn't really like train my bench almost at all. So finally this year, I'm probably my bench is back to where it was. Yeah, I think so. I think. You're and I've eight, officially you're hit two hundred. So I mean, not officially, but like but in the, in the gym. gym. In the gym, you've hit. So it. then that kind of yeah. goes back to. The PR well, thing. Well, but it's an indicator, yeah. though, too, because it just goes to show you because that day that you hit 200 in the gym, it changed your entire perspective of your bench going into a competition. Yeah. Because originally you wanted to open up uh, like a 150, 165, whereas you hit 200 in the and gym opened automatically. Up 20 pounds heavier. Yeah, you opened yeah. up 15 to 20 pounds heavier and. That that confidence in your bench just went up. Yeah. Well, I think so, and I think that. that's too why PRs are good in the gym because then it kind of sets you up for your competition. You can go into your competition feeling confident and just you well, kind of know a little bit more where you're at. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think they're Excuse good me. and they're, they're bad. I think they're good because obviously you know where you're at um, going into a competition, but as like I see sometimes too is are the are the PRs inflated a little bit? Yeah, Meaning, I, I I think some people they're chasing PRs in the gym, and on days that say they do hit a PR, then they neglect everything else. They're like, oh yeah, I hit a PR. I'm, I'm good. I don't day. need to do anything else. Whereas I don't need to keep hitting or that or accessory. They hit, or they hit a PR. Yes. I've seen it where they hit a PR, and then okay, I'm good there. So then, kind of take they a don't whole revisit different. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they try okay. to go off on a different tangent instead yeah. of sticking to what they had in their programming. What's working? And yeah, yeah, it goes back. What were to... you saying, but, but about it being inflated? No, like that. So like, people, like I said, mentioned before that they're gonna find a workout that may not have the best carryover for them. Or even in CrossFit, they might PR in a workout, or they're only programming workouts for themselves that they they know are gonna kick ass. Yeah, they know they're gonna excel. Not they're not doing anything where it's gonna kick their ass and make them feel like, oh shit, maybe I need to work on this a little bit more. Well, and I think that's good. Like you've been training with Mark down at TV, and you know he. I'm sure he programs the workouts when you guys are down there, right? Where you guys yeah. collaborate well, a little bit. Well, we collaborate, yeah. but, I mean, we always, no matter but what we're doing. But he has a better, like, a, uh, like Olympic his condi- lifting background, too, so that kind of helps us. So that's why, I mean, when yeah. we go down there, we mostly work on, like, you know, our snatch or our clean. Yeah. And then he just kind of helps us, like, with our technique, I guess. And Well, and, and another then, good part is whenever we're able to get... Um, and our Metcons in as well is we usually whenever we put something together we'll put something together that we both excel in whether I'm better than him at it or he's better than me just for the simple fact of he might blow through one movement and I'm like behind and then I'm able to blow through the next movement kind of catch up so it helps both of us push the limit on the different areas where we lack and it's probably having good. someone better than you yeah yeah ahead it, of well you. it's good to get your ass whooped sometimes in the gym yeah it makes you it forces you to reevaluate you, you, and be i mean like, you never right. want to 
but at the same time, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're you killing only, everyone. Yeah, you all only the time. work work with people that you know you can beat. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, train with someone that you know could whoop your ass at any second, or that always whoops your ass, and you gotta try to catch. Yeah. Because I, I feel like if you only train with people that you're stronger than, you're gonna become stagnant. You're gonna slow down. Mm-hmm. But if you only train with people, everyone's better than you, you might get discouraged. discouraged. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's got to be that mix. Find that balance. Yeah, exactly. That balance where, all right, I know I can do fairly well, and all of a sudden they're worried about it because you're better than them. And then all of a sudden, boom, they show up, and they're all of a sudden pushing themselves, and all of a sudden they're beating you at something that you didn't realize that they were better than you at. I think that comes into play a little bit more in CrossFit, though, too, than powerlifting. Because in powerlifting, you can always compete against the weight. Yeah. Like in CrossFit, it's either a weight, or it's time, or it's rounds. And it and it's every it's distance. You it's know. an exact weight or distance or time you know what you for everyone. Get. Yeah. And so, with the different movements, it comes back to all right. Well, does this play in my favor? Does this is this one of my weaknesses? And so then it strategy comes in with that whereas in powerlifting are you know you're competing against everyone that's weighs as much as you you're not worried about having to outbench someone who outweighs you 85 pounds and or you're not worried about different stuff like that but it comes a little bit more strategy in powerlifting okay me and this guy are within 15 pounds on our squat and our bench and then it comes to their deadlift and all right well how am I going to play this am I going to slow play this am I going to try to come right out the gate and force them to push it a little sooner than they want to well I'm sure you know some workouts where you can push it out the gate yeah others you know you have to you got to make sure you pace it yeah. yeah especially like if there's a strength towards the end of the workout for yourself you know make sure you pace accordingly yeah, so once you, you hit up. your strength you've got to turn it on and make up uh all your time or your reps or whatever it may be at the end like obviously in in any sport competition you always want to pr or be at the top in competition of course. but you know that's what we're talking about today is that Is it diminishing your your performance on game day or meet day or competition day if you're only chasing gym PRs? Or or just instead making those gym PRs part of your progress? I I think gym PRs need to be part of your progress. Yeah, you need to make it as part of the bigger picture. Yes. I think it's good if you do that. Because a lot, because a lot, you're competitive. a lot of programming, yeah, we're talking on the competitive side, you know. Uh, but a lot of program, I mean, there's programming out there that's all sub maximal. Yeah, which is fine as long as it's prov- coming out at the end for co- competition day, and it's working. The the only problem I see with sub maximal only training before me is that. Some people are better 
at a heavy three and maybe 85 to 90 percent than they are at a, a single. single i agree that's kind of um that's kind of like i've seen uh certain individuals say they're going for a squat and they blow away uh 450 500 pounds for uh easy double or yeah. easy triple and they moved it very well and even that they're working up to a single but because it felt so good they hit a triple well it comes to a point in time when you need a step back okay even you want it to feel easy you want it to feel smooth as you're working up and you don't want to if i'm going for a single start hitting singles going up if each time you start hitting a single and it's getting blown away, that's good. Because you go for a max effort or a, what will be a PR, you're going to have that much more confidence going into it. Whether it's a grinder or not, that confidence going into the lift, knowing that I'm going to hit this, is a lot better than hitting threes. And then the next one you go, all of a sudden it feels oh, heavy. Shit. And, oh, yeah. shit. At the bottom, and you miss it. Yeah, that's it's just and wasted there, there's energy. People it's that not are, being smart about it. I mean, I'm sure there's there's CrossFitters that I can out deadlift, but they, they might be better at twelve reps. Yeah, if they repped out, you know, twelve reps, I may not be able to do as many twelve because you know you start getting into a different capacity. Yeah, they're, they're different. On their, you know, uh, muscular endurance. Rather than just their absolute strength. Yeah, so that's the only problem I see with like sub-maximal training and working everything, you know, below maximal. Yeah, because a maximal effort takes a lot out of you. Well, and at the end of the day, you know, getting under 100, 103% squat take a lot of freaking balls. And it's a lot e easier to get under 90%. Than 103%. Yeah, because 90%, you know you could already move. Yeah, you know you've moved more But to that. get under 103% or 105%. That's like, uh, you're going into waters you've never treaded before. Yeah, so can you do that? So people get used to... Now, this is going back to, like, conjugate. Conjugate, like, you're PRing a whole lot more than... 531. The, yeah, five, three, one. Because you're never PRing unless you test. Yeah, but at the same time, it teaches you how. To, I guess, for lack of better words, how to PR. Yes, because you get some experience going into a lift that you don't know if you can make. Yeah, and with because I see people all the time shit the bed mm -hmm. when they get under a weight that they don't know if they can make. Well, and then I think that kind of goes back to into like leading yourself, setting yourself up for competition because you've already built that confidence. You kind of know where you're at and you know what you can yeah. and can't do. You know and you how, already know what it feels like. You so. know how not to freak out yeah. once you get under something that you've never felt before. Yeah. I think so it, like, also, and it with, also teaches you how to like attack that weight that you've never tried. Yeah. It, well, it, that, that comes down to like... How good are are you as a competitor too? Yeah, it comes. Some down people to just a are not competitors. Yeah, they so, can be strong as hell, but they're not competitors. 
Yeah, I've seen plenty of people excel in the gym. You're like, damn, they're they're ready. And this goes for any type of competition. I've seen it in all different sports. All, yeah, you know, powerlifting. Yeah, like you see, not necessarily just weightlifting. Yeah, not necessarily just lifting or CrossFit or like yeah. I've seen people excel like tremendously. Where it's like they're kicking your ass from time to time. And also, you get into competition, and they're non-existent. It's like, well, maybe you need to reevaluate your PRs and create a a better competitive sense in the gym, so you don't shit the bed. I when think you a lot of that comes to like training partners too. Training partners. I was and, just gonna ask you the about gym that because <clears throat> if you have training partners that are to push you and be like. Put me in a pussy and get in there and lift that weight or, or any sport, you know. Yeah. How, how good are your teammates? Because. If you're, if you, if it's kind of like that thing. Like if you surround yourself with people that are like as hungry as you, yeah. then you're going to be pushed to the next level. Or you surround or, yourself with a bunch of like, yes, man. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was great. That was great. And, and you really sometimes, had 135 on the bar. And, and, and so that yeah. is sometimes where someone's like calling you out and saying, no, that freaking sucked. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. very good. You broke down here, and, like, you add five pounds to that, you're going to shit the bed. Well, I mean, that's, like, even, like, an example of people having a heyday this week, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Prime example. Like, has she been doing anything through training? Anyone told her, like, no, you suck at this? Yeah. Probably not. Like, it doesn't seem like it, you know? Yeah. And so you go into a fight... And you know you're the lesser fighter at a certain aspect, or you go into a meet. You or know, they're good at this, and where, she wasn't so good at this. Where, so why would you try to do that? Yeah, instead, it's like going into it knowing, all right, I'm not a very strong squatter. Maximize what I could in competition, <laughs> and then that's like me trying to go into a oh. competition, opening. Oh. I'm a hole in my pants. Oh, blowout. Blowout in your pants. That's what happens when you have quads. Like Quadzilla. That. Quadzilla. My Look. Oh, nice. Yeah, but that's like me going into a powerlifting competition and saying, you know what? I'm going to open up with 515. When, Why your the, max, when, when you know when your max is 500. Yeah. When, or when you know your max is 518. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm know, like, what's that? Instead, well, why don't you open up conservatively and make sure you're right there instead of failing that now you bombed out. Also, yeah, you fail it. Then you go to – you're like, shit. You start turning like put everything out. But then I think that kind of goes back to the coaching and, you know, do you even know what you're doing? Like you're going into this competition and, you know, you see it all the yeah. time. People get buried yeah, with their most openers people, and you're like – Most people listening out there don't have coaching. That's why, like, online training and online coaching, like, it's huge right now. Because, because most people don't have, have no that. guidance. Most people don't get to train in the gym like this, you know. Or don't have, like, actual structured programming or have as good of an access to a lot of the structure. Or they go to online coaches that have no experience and they're just trying to make some money. Well, I mean, that that's a story for a different day is, like, you know, people are buying shit that isn't proven. 
that they don't know what they're getting. Yeah, I they're mean, just like, oh, I'm gonna follow this in hopes that it works, rather than, am I really getting a or, benefit and then, out of this? Then, I mean, now we're getting into online coaching and stuff yeah. like that, but say it's a newbie has only been lifting for six months, just barely learning how to lift. They get an online coach. That online coach is gonna. I don't care who it is. They're going to do wonders for them. Yeah, because they're brand new. Because they're brand new. They're brand new, exactly. But what happens once you hit that potential and get past that threshold? Is that online coach going to be able to help you at that point? And let's be real. No online coach is going to be better than something you get to face-to-face. Yeah, but that's, I think, anything. You know, anytime you can get someone hands-on you know, training or hands on anything, then I think that's just going to be a game changer in itself. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you need, it's okay to PR in the gym. And I think they play, it plays a big role in your confidence day in and day out. But that that can't be your main focus. focus. I would rather skip over a PR one day. And listen to my body and shut yeah, it down. Or, or stick with the program. Mm-hmm. If the program's calling for 98%, do 98%. Do 98%. Don't do 102. Don't do 102 because then the following week, you may be shit. Yep. So I guess my main point is if you're going to If you have a plan, PRs stick to your the gym, plan. And if they come in the gym, great. Great. And if not... And you're don't a competitor, get don't get discouraged and just continue to push forward towards the meet or towards competition. I think uh, before we close this, I think that's another thing too though is like when people do get really down because they didn't hit a PR for one of those movements. Well, and then they stress about it and they, you know, think, oh, I just suck. And, see, and, and I, I think that kind of... I think that's part of... Now, if you have good coaches and, you know, good facility or whatever, then coaches they, know how to... How to weather that. Weather that or athletes. Or keep them away from that. Because some people are devastated when they miss. Yeah. And some people... Yeah, no big deal. Fuck them and feed them beans. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's keep going. You know, so at the end of the day, just for everyone listening, I would... Stick with your training and continue with your training and trust the process. Especially, you know, if you're following something, even an online coach that gave you, just trust the process. You already paid for it. You already paid for it. You might as well give them trust the benefit the of the doubt. Unless they're completely just beating the shit out of you. They're asking for 102% day in and day, day out. Then and you feel like shit after a week and a half. And you're like, well, all right, I'm going to write it out. And then six months into it, you still feel like if shit. If it's within reason, you know, trust the problem and do your research when, I mean, we've touched on this before, but do your research when you're doing that stuff. Or if you're in a gym and you follow a coach for a long time, don't start overthinking it and thinking that you... You know what you're talking about you now. You know more what you're talking about than someone that's you know, a lot more qualified than you. And I think you have to take into consideration, too, like, maybe it's not even the coaching. Maybe it's just, maybe you didn't eat to that day. Yeah, Or yeah. maybe you're tired. Maybe yeah. you're stressed Be smart more. about that, yeah. Know, know your body because nobody knows your body better than you do. Or communicate that towards your coach or yeah. training partners or whatever. Like, hey, 
I eat like shit. I had one Twinkie at 9 a.m. I'm going to feel like and shit And I'm running today. off of one hour of sleep. Yeah, so, you know, communicate that. Or understand your or at least, also. Or at least understand that as yourself. Going into yeah. you know, a lift. Don't hey, use, today but may don't, not be a great day. At the same time, on the other side, don't, don't use that as a crutch. Ex- yeah. yeah. You know, oh, well, I didn't hit that because I only had seven hours of sleep instead of seven and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be now real. you're making excuses. Quit being little bitches. On that note, uh, we'll end this uh, session in here today. Um, I'm Nez Hoover. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Zia Strength Systems, NFP CrossFit. I'm Mr. NFP on Instagram, Jordan Chavez on Facebook. I'm Ashley Chavez on Facebook, um, Mrs. NFP on Ash, Ash underscore cakes uh, uh, on Instagram and Twitter.